Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Mark. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter, James, and John, and he began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake for one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, pour out your spirit on all of us gathered here together. May your spirit inspire us and help us to stay awake and hold me up that I might lift you up. Amen. Keep awake and pray. Jesus says this to his sleepy disciples. They're exhausted. They have followed Jesus for three years now. On the road for most of that, traveling from place to place, most have left family and friends behind. They've relied largely on the kindness of others for room and board. It's been a hectic three years marked by ambiguity and a host of unknowns that have stretched them physically, emotionally, certainly spiritually. And in the last week, their story has intensified exponentially. Throughout Lent, we've zoomed in on Jesus last week as we've entered into the stories of our faith, specifically the stories of Jesus' last days leading up to his crucifixion, so that we might better understand his passion and begin to picture ourselves in these stories. We've pictured ourselves in the stories and we've wondered how, given our current context, they challenge us to enter into Jesus' passion with him. Keep awake and pray, Jesus says. That's what he's doing. During a time of unprecedented personal crisis, Jesus remains awake to God's presence and power to guide and strengthen and sustain him. I am deeply grieved, Jesus says, even unto death. Remain here, he says to his disciples, and stay awake. Jesus needs his friends to sit vigil with him, to awaken themselves to the presence and power of God through prayer, both with him and for him as he faces what will be his greatest trial and their greatest crisis of faith. He knows what's coming, and it's imminent. He now stands at the foot of a cross that has loomed before him at least since John baptized him and he entered into his first trial out in the wilderness. 
You remember he was led out into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and nights and then was tempted by Satan. And remember when he was tested by both the religious and political leaders of his time, when they publicly challenged him, asking him questions that they hoped would discredit him to his followers? Throughout his ministry, he has experienced trials. He's been tested, tempted to wander from the path before him, to abandon the cross, to lose faith in God, to fall into spiritual slumber. That's the human experience. We oftentimes fall asleep. We fail. We make mistakes. Thank the good Lord Jesus. There is grace. Jesus never abandons his disciples, even after falling asleep repeatedly in the garden. My Aunt Esther says, you know, Tracy, you can't get through life without trials. We all have them. God in Jesus entered into our story to share in our trials and to show us how to face them. Stay awake and pray. This past Tuesday in staff meeting, as we shared our highs and lows, one staff member succinctly articulated our collective low for the week. It's week three, she said, and it feels like week three. The first couple of weeks of social distancing were new. While it was inconvenient from the beginning, at least in the start, it was novel. Kids were excited that spring break was going to be extended. We were excited that we were going to enter into new work routines. Some were excited by the opportunity to tackle those long, back-burnered household projects. For the first two weeks, we found it amusing that grocery store shelves were picked clean. The notion of exclusively online church sparked creativity and excitement and openness. Now it's week three, and the hunt for toilet paper is no longer amusing. The novelty and the adrenaline have worn off. Y'all, it's not funny anymore. It's setting in that our current reality is less of a sprint and more of a marathon. And if we keep acting and reacting at our current pace, we'll struggle to make it to the finish line physically, mentally, emotionally, certainly spiritually. We have hit a wall. We're already exhausted, and we really don't have any idea how much longer this race will be. We're in the midst of a trial unlike any we have ever experienced before. And in the midst of chaos, as we navigate this uncharted territory, it's tempting. It's tempting to wander from the path laid out before us. And while we may very well need sleep physically, and we may very well need rest mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually, we need to stay awake to God's presence. We need to pray for strength and courage and for God's guidance, God's will for us as we face this trial. It's tempting as our exhaustion overwhelms us to fall asleep spiritually, to lose faith that God has entered into and is ever present in our story. Stay awake and pray, Jesus says. We often pray with and for others, and it's a powerful witness that strengthens and comforts and conveys healing and grace and peace for those for whom we pray. 
On Wednesday, a member of our church who was facing a serious surgery wasn't able to have a waiting room full of friends at the hospital. Because of the imposed restrictions necessary to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus, this person was only allowed to have one other person accompany her into the hospital. When I talked to her early in the week leading up to surgery, she expressed that she was feeling very alone. They needed someone to sit vigil for them, to stay awake and to pray with and for them during their trial. Their friends and family couldn't be there physically, so the church set up a virtual waiting room where people could wander in and out beginning 30 minutes or an hour before the surgery until after she was in the recovery room and awake and well. This person and their family were encouraged and comforted, and they felt deeply loved by the witness of those who stayed awake to God's presence and power on their behalf. In our Bible story, Jesus awakens us to the notion that it's also good and very acceptable to pray for ourselves. Sometimes people tell me that they feel guilty praying for themselves, but Jesus demonstrates that it is deeply faithful. It's a deeply faithful practice. In fact, he embodies in his Gethsemane prayer the psalmists who pour out their grief and anguish in the lament psalms. I mean, think Psalm 22 when the psalmist cries out a prayer that Jesus will echo from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't want to face this trial, God. Amy Jill Levine is a professor of, a professor of New Testament and Jewish studies at Vanderbilt Divinity School. And she says in her book, Entering the Passion of Jesus, Jesus demonstrates in this story, we need personal prayer to sustain us, to help us find courage and to lament. And I don't want to die, she says, is a very good prayer. In fact, a bit prophetically, given the fact that she published the book in 2018, long before our current context, she points out that people who might pray prayers like this are firefighters and police and people who are in the armed forces, and especially those, she says, who work with victims of infectious disease. People who regularly put their lives on the line for the sake of others, those who love people who put their lives on the line for others, all of them might pray this prayer often. Let this cup pass from me. And yet, this is my vocation. This is how I'm called to be in the world. So thy will, not mine, God. When we simultaneously pray, take this cup and let your will be done, we experience Gethsemane. We enter into this story of Jesus's passion. It's week three, y'all. And it feels like week three. There are so many temptations that arise when we are faced with trials. We're tempted to give up. We're tempted to take shortcuts. We're tempted to minimize the danger, to disregard social distancing guidelines, to hoard toilet paper. It's tempting to fall asleep spiritually, to lose faith that God 
has entered into our story and is present with us. The coming week is not only week four, it's also Holy Week. As we journey through the coming days, I pray that we'd all enter into Jesus's passion and that we would learn from his example how to stay awake. As we walk together through this time of trial, may we all pray to strengthen and encourage one another in the coming week, there will be Zoom meetings scheduled Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. and then Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. The idea is that we'll gather in these virtual rooms to pray together. I will provide a scripture reading, time to share your prayers, your concerns, a few minutes where we can all practice staying awake in the presence of God, and then a closing prayer. These times of prayer should last about 15 minutes. We'll be emailing out the Zoom links so that any and all of you can join if you like. And then on Friday at 7 p.m., instead of a prayer time, we will have a very special Good Friday service, and I hope that all of you will join us for that. In preparation for that worship service, it is suggested that you have eight candles prepared and lighted before the service starts. During the service, you'll be instructed to extinguish each of those lights. As we navigate week four, pray. Pray for each other. Pray for the world. Pray for yourselves that we might all stay awake to the presence and power of God in our multifaceted grief that through Christ we will find courage and strength to guide and comfort us, to sustain us in our trial. Amen.